Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of On the Pitch presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Dom, and this week I'm joined by Chase and Chase's friend, Zach. It's always been a crazy couple weeks since our last episode. We've had two Champions League weekends and then a whole week of uh, league matches across Europe. A lot of storylines coming out of the Champions League this last two weeks. And, you know, as always, there's a lot of drama, of course, in the Prem. To get things started, Chelsea's run of form have been maybe a little concerning, especially if you're a Chelsea fan. Not the best run of form as of recently. <laughs> Chase, as, as our um, resident Chelsea fan, are, are you concerned? No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everybody's good. Nothing's wrong. There's no problems <laughs> whatsoever. Dropped um, a third in the table. I don't, I don't know. Sh- Nobody asked you, Dom, Man City fan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's been two, I, I wouldn't say bad games, but poorly played games. I guess you could say three. I guess you could say four. If you go back to the Man United game, which was a little shambolic. Um, we barely squeaked out an edge against Watford, but, you know, Watford beat Man United 4-1. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know yeah, I guess to get that. To And then West Ham, I mean, we've talked about West Ham on this podcast a lot and how just basically they've become the new top six team. Um, mm-hmm. Just always fighting for the top six spot. And they, they've basically been the club destroyers this year, the top six destroyers, which, I mean, they took out Man City. They took out Man United. They took out Chelsea. They took out Liverpool. I, I mean, they seem unstoppable right now. So there's not really a whole lot I can say about that. I didn't walk away from that game upset, but I did walk away from the Champions League game upset today. A little bit. 3-2 against Zenit. I don't even know the whole name of the club, to be honest. Three, but, three. Uh, yeah, it was three, 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 three. I was, I was stuck on the three, two score line, and then they scored a 94th minute volley from outside <laughs> the box. So I was a little taken back, but um, I mean, it's, it's not ideal, but there, there's a lot going on with Chelsea right now. We have a lot of injury issues. Um, and I, I, I think, I think it's going to be okay. I think we're going to be just fine. I think we're still going to make, Top four. I think we're still going to be title contenders easily. Mm. Easily. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United. Or not, not Man United, Man City. Sorry. I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. Man United is not getting your, your European spot this year. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be hopefully Chelsea, Man City. And Liverpool fighting for the title. I, I I mean, it's still close. I know we're third, but it's two points from us to the top of the table, and it's six points from us to fourth. So I, I, I really don't see, unless something changes drastically, I don't see any problems going forward. Um, I think the biggest concern right now is because of the draw we had, um, finishing second in our group, we're, we're looking potentially at facing Bayern or Real Madrid in the round of 16, which we faced Real Madrid last year and absolutely just gave them their rear end. So I'm not too upset about that. But if we face Bayern in the round of 16, that could be an issue. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might that might be putting it lightly. <laughs> um, it could be a small issue. If we start Timo left wing, I think we're good. But <laughs> I like that. I actually like that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm chill with it. I, I think we're going to be all right. I think we just hit a little stump. Um, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, at, at some point in the season, every team hits hits a little slump. 
Um, but uh, it's it's a quality team that you guys have. So I'm I'm sure you guys will figure it out eventually. I don't I don't know if you'll go what in the last five they have two wins, two draws, and a loss. You know maybe you guys get three wins. You know in in five, poking a little fun at you chase there. <laughs> but no, I think you guys will figure it out. Um, Zach, what about you? Yeah, I would have to agree that I'm not majorly worried about Chelsea, mostly because of three core factors. I think the management is very good. I think Mm -hmm. the ownership is very good. And I think the core of the team is also very good. So you've got just a solid bunch of core players. I mean, both midfielders in the top five for the Ballon d'Or, that speaks for itself. Um, Lukaku is... Still excellent. I don't care if he was injured. I don't care if he's had a couple of poor games. He's absolute class in front of goal. The defense is really solid as well. So yeah. I, I just don't think there's any major concern, especially considering, and I think management and ownership are honestly the main factors here because I do think, um, you know, the transfer window is, is coming up very quickly. And I think if, if uh, Thomas Tuchel thinks that there's players that are not performing well and need to be replaced i think he will be honest with ownership about that and i think ownership has proven that they are pretty for lack of a better word ruthless i mean they got rid of club legend lampard as coach who wasn't doing terribly much better than all he's done in the past for example just got rid of him (laughs) immediately no questions asked so i think if if um, if Tuchel honestly says these players are not doing well, even if they're popular, even if they have potential, I think they'll get rid of them and bring in better replacements very quickly. And I, I just I don't even know if it will come to that in the transfer window, because I think with everyone healthy, man, that's just a crazy squad. I mean, defenders can rotate in and out. They have amazing defenders. The midfield is very solid. And I think the main thing you could point to is that they've had trouble finishing chances up front, but I think a lot of that comes down to injury. I think if everyone's fully healthy, you can have Lukaku playing with his back to the goal, and then you have Mason Mount, you have Pulisic, you have Ziyech, you have Werner playing either as like Cam or as wingers, and they can make runs so that if Lukaku Mm -hmm. can't turn a defender and score, he can play through one of them. So I think long-term, their offensive game plan is it cannot be defended if it's implemented correctly. And I think they have the coach who can implement it correctly. And I mean, before the transfer window, they play Leeds, Everton, Wolves, and Aston Villa that and Brighton. And out of those teams, Aston Villa is the only one that's won more than one game out of the last five. So they're going to get into the transfer window at least in like second or third. And then if they decide it's the right move to make changes, they can make changes and they have the management and the ownership to make sure that they can have a strong squad until the end of the season. So not majorly concerned for Chelsea. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, the, the top three teams have pretty much clearly separated themselves out from everyone else. And I, I think Chelsea definitely have one of, if not the most complete squads in the premier league. Um, there's really no holes in that in that lineup at all. And, you know, as you said, management, it's solid. You know, I, I think, I think um, Tuchel is, he's the guy that really makes it all, all work. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank Lampard had pretty much all the same pieces, but Tuchel is the guy that really figured out how to make them all work together. 
Um, so I, I think it's just a pretty bad run of form. Injuries have taken their toll, and once everyone's healthy, I think they'll be fine. Um, still don't think they'll win the league, but I think they'll, they'll give City a run for their money. Well, that's an interesting question, too. Do you think it's one of their – do you think it's a must for Chelsea to win the league? Like, as a Chelsea fan, do you think that was the expectation going into the season that this had to happen? I think what what I think, based off of kind of how we played today and what we played at the back today and how we played today, we came in thinking no matter what we're qualifying, if we finish second, which we probably won't because we came in with probably too much confidence and played a little lackadaisical at first, I mean, we came out strong and then we're like, all right, let's just relax and then conceded two quick goals. But we realized, oh, shit, maybe we need to try a little bit. But I think <laughs> I think how we came out today proves that Tuchel wants to focus on a premiership title. And I think he wants I think that's his top priority. And I think as we've further progressed on Champions League, if, if we get Bayern, which God forbid we don't get Bayern in the round of 16. <laughs> I I mean, we'll see the best version of Chelsea. Um, absolutely. Even if we're plagued by injuries, I think that's going to be his main focus is to get past the round of 16. If we get Bayern, if not, I think we're still going to play a little weaker because I, I truly believe that he wants that title and he wants to be that guy that takes mm-hmm. the title for Man City and especially a very strong Man City and a very strong Liverpool right now, as much as I hate to say it. But I, 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 that's what I genuinely believe that that is his top priority. And I don't know if that's coming down from management that they want to prove that this Chelsea squad is the best squad in the Prem, not only the best squad in Europe because we won it last year over Man City. Um, but <laughs> still hurts. Still hurts. <laughs> I think I think that's what he's trying to prove. And whether it's from bottom down to or from top down to Tuchel, or if it's just his priority. That's what I'm thinking. I would agree with that, though, because I yeah. think it it proves two very different things. Um, obviously, I'm not discounting the Champions League. It is the pinnacle of what you can achieve. But you can you can win a home in an away. Like, you can kind of finesse your way through a Champions League. But if you win the Premier League, you are consistently good throughout. So that proves something else. And that's that's where I might have some concern, because if we assume the top three all go deep into the Champions League, I think Man City can shoulder that way better than Liverpool or Chelsea just because of squad depth. So yeah. I think if, if Chelsea and Liverpool both advance through the next rounds, that will significantly hurt their Premier League chances. Whereas Man City, I don't think it affects them as much because they have a lot better squad depth. I think before John, Dom jumps in on this, I think if, if Liverpool continues to go, they're definitely bound to face some injuries and as a Chelsea fan, I hate Liverpool with a passion. And also as a Barca fan, I hate Liverpool with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> so it, as unbiasedly as I can say this, I think their starting 11 is one of the starting strongest starting 11s in the world. And then That's once right. you hit the bench, it just drops off immediately. And if you start what, playing those bench players. What are you saying about Divock Origi? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he's a bench player for a reason. That's what I'm saying. Um, I think I think that causes a lot of problems really quickly for them, as opposed to I be, I genuinely believe a strong Chelsea confident side, even playing 
two or three bench or bench players, which for me as a Chelsea fan, don't believe they belong on the bench most of the time because we have so much, so many players that I want to see play that I believe have top quality. And I mean, a Liverpool, a Liverpool player would say the same, obviously, but I genuinely believe our bench players are stronger than Liverpool's bench players when it comes to injuries and moving forward down the Champions League and into the Premier League. I think we'll stand a better chance against them. I don't know about Man City, but I just wanted to put that up. Yeah, I I, I really have no disagreements with that. I mean, you look at um, Liverpool, we, there's always injury concerns with them. Um, it seems like they can never really stay healthy. Um, and Chelsea, I mean, they're going through a bit of an injury spell right now, but, you know, we don't know if that will continue. You know, City's had their injuries this year, but, you know, players have stepped up and kind of weathered the storm quite well. And, you know, players that have stepped up have almost kind of taken spots away from the original starters. I mean, you look at Pep, he just said recently that Kevin De Bruyne is going to have to earn his way back into the squad. I mean, that's a crazy statement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. KDB is, you know, I think it's pretty clear that he's, he's the best attacking midfielder in the world and he's got to earn his spot back because Bernardo Silva is back to being Bernardo Silva. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Uh, I I think squad depth. Yeah, I think Chelsea and City are are the clear two best teams. Yeah, I even not as a City fan, I am I am so in awe of their squad depth. And I I can't quite put my finger on whether it's good coaching to where Pep can just prepare a lot of different players for different roles or whether it's good scouting or good talent development. But it seems like City could and I hope it doesn't happen, but it seems like they could have four or five core injuries every year and still compete for every trophy, compete for the league. And that's that's severely impressive. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, what a lot of some, are fo- some former players have said about Pep. I mean, Aguero has contributed or has attributed a lot of his development the last five years to Pep. Um, a lot of players that he coached at Barcelona have said that they got significantly better under Pep. Um, I think mm-hmm. Phil Foden has probably said something um, – to pretty much the same extent as well. So I, I think it's a combination of, you know, the raw talent that the players naturally have and Pep finding a way to get as much out of them as he possibly can. But moving on to the second topic, I'm, I'm sure we can talk about the top three teams of the Premier League all day, but <laughs> there's a, 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 a fight at the bottom of the table, I'll, I'll put it, for who wants to finish in the bottom three. <laughs> And I, I think the fight for the bottom three is honestly almost as interesting as who's going to be in the top three, because going into pretty much every season, we have a general idea of who the top three to four teams are going to be. Obviously West uh, West Ham is doing a lot better than anyone expected, but we all figured city Chelsea and Liverpool would be top of the team going into this season. I mean, there were, there was about six teams that we figured could have been at the bottom three, but who do you guys think is, is going to be relegated looking at the table right now? So I would like to start off because when it comes to relegation this year, I want to start a petition for a rule change. Instead of having three teams relegated, I would love to just have Norwich relegated three times. <laughs> this is embarrassing. I finally watched a full match because in the Prem, I support Tottenham. So I watched that game. And my jaw just dropped. But, I mean, it just, you cannot, 
score eight goals and concede 31. That's, ri- <laughs> that's ridiculous. There's no identity. The next worst team in scoring is Wolverhampton, but they've only allowed 13. So it's like, oh, they have a defensive identity, so they're not going to score a lot, but they're also going to be solid at the back. Norwich can't Mm -hmm. score. They can't control the game. They can't stop the ball from going in their own net. And I will say, because I obviously have interest in like American players, Josh Sargent, (laughs) my guy, come on. (laughs) When I watched that game and he... He just kicks the ball at his own standing foot. Yeah, so <laughs> I I hate Norwich, but yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> as much as I agree with you that Norwich is just absolutely shambling. <laughs> they're terrible. They're just, <laughs> they're just allergic to the Prem. They still have the same amount of points as Newcastle and Burnley this. That's right. a good point. <laughs> so, I don't <laughs> – obviously you can continue, but like – it. They've they've had one of the worst starts to Premier League history, and yet they still are on the same amount of points as two other teams. It's I mean it's it's dumbfounding how mm-hmm. just I, I don't want to say disgustingly bad they are because they're not, I mean I would like no, to say, say it. that that say Burnley it. is good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a little shambolic that they have a negative 23 goal differential and still have yeah. the same amount of points as two other teams. I, I don't get it. I, I forgot that they even won a game, to be honest. I, I forgot that they won two games. Well, they won two. They have more wins than Newcastle and Burnley. <laughs> and they have a negative 23 goal differential. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I I came into today wanting to say that Newcastle wouldn't get relegated just because of, you know, all the hype with the new ownership and mm-hmm. you don't know who they could bring in in January. But then I checked. Uh, their games before the transfer window are Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Everton. So they're I losing think all of United. I, yeah. I, I just, I truly <laughs> do not think they beat United. So I'm assuming they're going to be in a crazy hole. So even if, I mean, they're linked to every player under the sun, but let's assume realistically, they could probably get one or two players on like Jesse Lingard's level. So like not world beaters, but competent players. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even if the even if they get those with the hole that they're going to be in, I I just don't know if they stay up. And it feels weird to say because they have more money than God, and you would think they can just manage to stay up. But I don't know if they can do it. Yeah, I, I think if the the new ownership would have taken over in the summer when they could have had at least some sort of transfer window, mm-hmm. they could have brought in some players. They could have saved the squad. But yeah, I, I think it might be a little too late. Um, I don't even know if they'll be officially in charge in January. I don't. I, I don't know how all the the litigation is is playing out. Um, so I don't know if they'll officially take over next year or are they in charge now? I I don't. I don't think details of, on that have been re, um, released yet. But all right. So what what are you guys' bottom three teams? It doesn't have to be in any specific order. But who are your 18th, 19th, and 20th teams? Chase. We'll start with Chase. All right, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. All right, so 
I think Norwich is going down. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're talking crazy. about a hot take. <laughs> I think Norwich and Newcastle are definitely going down. I don't think Burnley's going anywhere. I think they're I, I think they're a middle of the table team. I think they're finishing twelfth, and I think that's I think they're gonna I think they're gonna turn this. Uh, yeah, and Man United's finishing thirteenth. I think they're gonna turn this around, and it's gonna be great. I genuinely believe Watford's gonna stay up, and Southampton is gonna fall off a horse. I mean, they're only sixteenth right now. They're only. They're six points above the bottom three. I think they're going down. I think my bottom three is Norwich, Newcastle, Southampton. I think they're going back down. Those are my bottom you think three. A team with Danny Ings up front is going to go down. <clears throat> You're out of your mind. Yeah. Does he even? He doesn't play there anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's great. <laughs> it's the residual effect. The residual I mean, effect of Danny that's Ings. That's why they're going down because they do not have Danny Ings. <laughs> That is fair my enough. exact reasoning. That's fair. <laughs> All right, Zach, who are your bottom three teams? I will go with Norwich. I will go with Newcastle. And this one, this is more of a hope and a prayer. I'm going to say Burnley goes down. And this is just because I hope the Premier League is the kind of league to where if you don't even try to play football, you go down. If you just try to go for a nil-nil draw in every single game, you should go down. So those are my three. Okay. I mean, they've got, got Chris Wood, though. Yeah, nil-nil draw got, every game. <laughs> they've got Chris Wood. <laughs> well, I got a little bit of a different take on, on the bottom three. Um, I think it's going to be Watford, Burnley, and Norwich going down. What has Watford done? What, what? exactly? What, Watford exactly, destroyed what Man United. What did what they ha- do to you? <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're 17th right now. They're three points up on Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich. They have a negative nine goal differential. <laughs> uh, just the, nothing about, like, they had one one notable win against Man United, and I'm not even sure if they'll get another win this season, to be honest with you. <laughs> you do realize <laughs> they still have Ben Foster in goal, right? Like, they're, I, they're bound to turn this around. <laughs> I will say that. My brain told me to also pick Watford. And the only reason I, I chose Burnley instead is because I feel like Watford's trying to play football and trying to score goals. And that's why I'm just going to hope that the gods reward that. But that makes I mean, sense. All right, all right, all right. I'm not a Watford fan. I've, I've always enjoyed watching Watford. I've enjoyed the Troy Deeney eras, okay? <laughs> but I'm not a Watford fan. But their last five matches are an in-form arsenal Man United, which they destroyed, Leicester, Chelsea, and Man City. I mean, realistically, they shouldn't have won any of those games. They, they only won one, to be fair. But realistically, they beat a Man United team still managed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They got exactly. Brentford, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Wolves, the next four games, and then some questionable. All right, maybe Watford's going down. Look, maybe, maybe they're going down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Crystal Palace and Wolves are very well clear of Watford, and we could have an entire episode discussing what the term "inform Arsenal" even means. Bizzle has <laughs> Crystal Palace there for is two only years. three points above Watford. If they have Ben Teke, <laughs> he's gonna score. <laughs> that's the problem. No, that's There's not a the reason problem. Chelsea <laughs> loaned Ben Teke for like six <laughs> years straight. 
I will hear none of this. They also got rid of Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne. So Chelsea's They're trash. Fans- Worst players right. in the league. Right. That's not an indication of anything. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now that we talked about who's going down, who's going up? I'm going first. I am absolutely going for you. I'm going first, for sure. This is my favorite. I All right. So I don't watch EFL on a regular basis. The championship. Whatever you want to call it. I don't watch it on a regular basis, but I do watch it. I watch the playoffs every year. I watch the final every year. I keep an eye on the table because I want to know what's going on. I think I don't think Fulham falls off a horse. I think they're going to finish first. I think they're going to come up. I don't think Bournemouth is going to come up. If you're looking at the table, you've got Fulham, Bournemouth, West Brom, Blackburn, Queens Park Rangers, and Stoke City. Those are the top six. So I think number one, number one is Fulham. I think they're automatic promotion. I think number two is probably going to be West, West Brom. They'll probably come up. And I'm honestly going to take Blackburn Rovers to come up. Probably in the final, I would assume, against maybe Bournemouth because they've had a good run of form. They're second in the table right now. We're halfway through. But <clears throat> Bournemouth has bottled the final playoff the last, like, nine years in a row. <laughs> I... They haven't seemed to finish first they're, or second. They've, I, I just don't think they're going to do it. Maybe this is their year. They say it every year, but I would love to see Blackburn back in the Prem. I'm taking Fulham, Bournemouth, and the Blackburn Rovers. Okay. All right, Zach, what do you think? I would agree that Fulham is clear. I think they're pretty much the best team if you look at the standing. I mean, even if you look at the eye test, they seem to know what they're doing, which makes sense. They have a lot of recent Prem experience. Um I, I'm going to pull for Bournemouth. I think they, they've created enough distance. If they can just not fall apart, they might just get the automatic promotion and avoid the disaster of the playoffs. Um, <laughs> and then I will say, and this is, I don't know, purely for historic or for meme purposes, but I think Stoke makes it through the playoffs. Just because it's Stoke, they had Shakiri. <laughs> the spirit of Shakiri will carry Stoke through this. <laughs> So those are my three. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't hate Steen So the, the problem is there's so many teams I want to see back in the Prem personally. I, I would know. Love to see Stoke. I agree. I would yeah. love to see Queen's Park Rangers. I would love to see Blackburn back in the Prem. But we can only get three. And they're, I mean, we're looking at a six, seven, eight point difference from automatic promotion oh. to where they are right now. So Chase, you does never that know. mean you are, are you completely counting out Derby County or? Um, I'm not going to say with the 20 point deduction (laughs) that they don't make it back. That's fair. They've got a long road. (laughs) They're only 43 points off the top spot. (laughs) It could be worse. It could be Norwich. I don't know. (laughs) The fact is, they would do better in the Prem than Norwich. But probably, but yeah. <laughs> oh man, that now talk about a hot take. That that that's pretty bold right there. <laughs> Wayne Rooney is manager player. Let's go, bring him back, baby. Was a Hattie against Man United. <laughs> God, that I would love to see that. <laughs> but I think my my top three um, to get promoted is pretty similar to what you guys have. I got Fulham. I I think we can all agree that they're they're going to finish top. I do think Bournemouth can squeak this one out. I think they'll finish second. They're well, five points up on West Brom right now, and there's only one point separating them between them and Fulham. So I, I don't really see them falling off that much. And then I think Blackburn gets the, the playoff spot. 
be well, the first time since what, 90, 97, 98 that um, Blackburn's been in the Premier League. Definitely be cool to see them back up there. Yes. I mean, it would be cool to see anybody. I mean, besides maybe Sheffield Wednesday, but I don't even think they're in the championship. Look, right now. <laughs> they're still not in League One. That's a yeah. whole, that's a, we could have an hour long episode about the tragedy of poor ownership when it comes to Sheffield Wednesday. But yeah, agreed. <laughs> Next podcast, we should just just no Champions League, no Europa League, no Prem, no top five leagues. We're only watching Championship, and we should come back and just. <laughs> I, I agree. I'd be fine with that. I, I could do a couple episodes on the Championship. <laughs> well, moving on to the final topic of the night, uh, moving over to a different league other than um, the English leagues, the German Bundesliga, probably historically been the last what, 10 years, pretty non-competitive. Is it looking that way again? Is, is, is it going to be Bayern running away with it for the 11th straight year, or does Dortmund still have a chance at this? I mean, no, it's over. Um, but, <laughs> look, I, I think the recent game between the two of them, it perfectly shows why it's not only over now, but it's been over since the season started. And... I know there's a lot of, you know, football is very difficult. You have tactics, you have all this crazy stuff, but at the end of the day, it comes down to who you can put out on the field. And that's where I think it's just, it's been over. If you compare Bayern to Dortmund, there's not a single position where you can say Dortmund has a clear advantage. You can have arguments about some positions. I will listen to the argument that Holland is equal to Lewandowski. I will listen to the argument that Royce is equal to Miller. And I will listen to the argument that uh, Hummels is equal to any Bayern center back. I think that's fair. But even then, it's definitely a debate. And then you get into, you get into the, the, the attacking midfield and the wings, and you're comparing Bellingham and Brandt to Sané, Gnabry, and Komen. That's not a comparison. I know Bellingham's fun, but he's not as good. And then you get to the holding midfield. You're comparing Emre Chan to Goretzka. <laughs> and I mean, you, you get to the left back and you're comparing Guerrero to Davies. And then whoever Dortmund decides to throw into goal, you're comparing against the greatest goalkeeper of all time, objectively. And it's just, no, it's objective. And it's not even a competition. And then who who is Dortmund bringing off the bench versus Bayern? Bayern can bring Nobody. off... Exactly. Bayern can bring on whoever didn't start between Serge Gnabry, Komen, and Sané. They can bring on Musiala. They can bring on whichever defender didn't start between Sule and Hernandez. They can bring on Tolisso if Kimmich is healthy and starting. Uh, just for Chase, they can bring on Chupo Moting if they just really want to clown on our team. Eric and then, <laughs> And in the meantime, Dortmund is bringing on Axel Witzel and Schultz and Wolf and Malin. So Boy just, Keen said Axel Mitzel is world class. I'll and, he, and he was 12 Roy years Keen ago. Roy Keane says he a really lot was. of things. <laughs> yeah. hey, so, hey, we're not discussing Roy Keane on this podcast. I think <laughs> if you just compare the players position for position, and I love Holland, and I love Royce, and it's, but even there, all they can do is compare. And... The fact is that Bayern is not having a great season because they have new management. They have all new center backs. And when you try to play 
positive pressing football the way that Bayern does, your center backs communicating and being in perfect sync with all the other players is crucial. So, I mean, I will hear the fact that Boateng had probably lost a step. (laughs) But him and Alaba together, they had so much experience and so much connection with the other players that, of course, they were able to dictate that that, that, that press better than Upavicano, Hernandez, Pavard, even though individually they're all fine. So I think by the end of the season, Bayern's going to be even better because the defense is going to be perfect. So, yeah, Dortmund doesn't have the players. I will give an honorable shout out to Freiburg because they don't have anything else to play for. I will give an honorable shout out to Leverkusen because they have former Roma player, Patrick Schick (laughs) and anyone with a former Roma player is always a title contender, but yeah, other than that, Dortmund might stick close, but, and then you had, I mean, they're going to be playing in the Europa league, which means I assume they're going to get, they're going to get far in that competition. And so they're going to be playing a lot. And that would have been their only advantage is if Dortmund gets knocked out of the Champions League early and they can only focus on the league. That would have been the only way I see them challenging Bayern. But now that both of them have to play until the final, it's, it's Bayern all the way. And truthfully, we all should have known this before a single ball was kicked in the Bundesliga. All right. I, I will agree with you that Bayern is going to run with, away with the league. They're going to do it for the next 27 years. But... <laughs> Holanda's better than Lewandowski. Um, so moving on, I think, oh, you can't just say that. So moving on, I think I think it's going to be a close. Guy. No, no, no. So so hear me out. Lewandowski's great, right? It's Thomas Mueller said he's the best striker in the world, and everybody knows what Thomas says is true. But he just won an award for being the best striker in the world. It's not just Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got it. All right, Holland is twenty-one. Lewandowski peaked at 30. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't want to hear it. He had some good seasons, but he legitimately didn't become the best striker in the world until after he was 30 years old. Milan has a long way to go. Yeah, but we're talking about this year. I agree. Yeah. In the future, I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about oh, okay. the best striker in the world. The best All out-and-out right. striker is Milan. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Hmm. I think this not league Timo is Werner? over. <clears throat> I think this league is over. <laughs> I think he's the best left winger in the world. <laughs> I, the, the, the Bundesliga just, I mean, even if you look at the past couple of seasons, it, I mean, the, besides throwing in like a couple of Dortmunds and a Leipzig, I don't even remember. Stuttgart. What, what, yeah. Nobody's talking about Stuttgart. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only people that talk about Stuttgart are me and you. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's not even been really close the past 10 years that they've won the league. I mean, there's been, I think, one or two equation, occasions the last two years where a team was even within a game or two. And if, if you keep looking at this Bayern squad versus every other squad. I, and I'm not going to out and out say that the Bundesliga is a farmer's league, but they, they tend to focus more on selling their players and developing their players. And they have all had great academies. I mean, Stuttgart has had one of the best academies. Le- I'm, mm-hmm. Leipzig, obviously, most of the Red Bull teams, whether you're in MLS, Bundesliga, it doesn't matter. I mean, all they focus on is is player generation and selling. So I think this year is a really bad year for the Bundesliga personally. 
I think it's just going to be Bayern all the way. I think they're going to run away with it. I don't think Dortmund really stands a chance. Just because this last transfer window, most teams sold off yes. in the Bundesliga. Most teams yep. sold off all of their players that were holding the competition. Well, and that's my real question because you brought up Leipzig. What was that about? They get rid of their very good coach and a lot of their good players to Bayern and hire some American because I guess they thought Ted Lasso was a documentary. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why Leipzig just threw it away. I think if anything, Dortmund is suffering from Leipzig being a uh, inexplicably turning into a Bayern farm team. That's what upsets me most about the Bundesliga this year is that Leipzig ruined it. Yeah, I, I think one of the most upsetting things to me about the Bundesliga is that none of these teams seem like they want to compete with Bayern. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at the just look at the players that Dortmund have sold over the last five years. Chase, I think we talked about this a couple episodes back, but mm-hmm. I mean, just the starting eleven that they could have if they wouldn't have sold all their top talent would probably be one of the best teams in in Europe, let alone the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the the fact that they just sell players and they're okay with finishing second every year qualifying for the Champions League and getting knocked out in the group stage or maybe the round of 16 if they're lucky. I, I, I don't understand why. It, it almost seems like these teams are scared to, to challenge Bayern. And I, yeah. I, I don't get it. And I think what I, I reflect upon this a lot because I love the Bundesliga because I grew up there. I love it so much. And it goes back to the pivotal year. Was it 2013 where Dortmund faced Bayern in the Champions League final? And, I mean, you look at that lineup, and that's when they had Lewandowski, Royce, Gundogan, Hummus, and all these players that ended up, half of them ended up going to Bayern, half of them ended up leaving the league entirely, and I don't understand what it is. But, yeah, I agree. It's, it almost feels like a lack of willing to challenge Bayern, which is hurting the league. And it's, you can see how detrimental it is by looking at something like the French League, where even though PSG didn't win the league last year, Chase, do you even who won the league last year in France? I'm gonna put you I on mean, the spot. it was one of the L teams. It was either exactly. Lyon or Lyon. <laughs> uh, was it was it Lyon? Hold on, I'm gonna look it up now. It, it was Lyon. It was Lyon, yeah. and none of us could name five players from that team. So it might just be uh, Dembele. Uh, <laughs> which one? I mean, there's like 30 of them. It wasn't Usman. I can tell you that. He's terrible. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I think part of it might just be brand recognition as well, because, you know, if you play for Bayern, you're playing with a club with severe history and severe respect. We just saw them. No offense to anyone who supports Barcelona, but we just saw them play for fun with half of their youth squad against Barcelona, potentially the most historic club in the world. And it wasn't even close. So I think that might be part of it is that players will always want to go to Bayern the same way that they want to go to Madrid, the same way that they want to go to Barcelona, the same way that they inexplicably still want to go to Man United just for the history and for the power that comes with the batch. But other than that, I just don't understand why no one's trying. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the, the only argument that I can make for Dortmund even having the slightest chance this year is I think they got knocked out of the, the Champions League Right. I, I think they're done in that competition. The only thing that they have left to look forward to is their, is their league matches where Bayern, I, th- I think their priority is, is always the champions league. So, you know, they, they might be able to, to catch a couple games 
you know, where Dortmund's really focusing on the on the Bundesliga and Bayern. I don't know if they'll forget that they have a game, but uh, that they don't really care about that competition. They only care about the Champions League. Yeah, I think the only issue with that is depth because when Dortmund has yeah. injuries, then their starting midfielders are Emre Can and Dahoud. And that's just, that's just, that's just not, that's not a scary midfield when the game is dictated through the midfield. Those aren't the two players you want in there. No offense. I I mean, I wanted to, I I want to bring up a couple of points before we end this, but I think, so you, I I don't remember who said it because I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to say, but brought up the champions. I think it was Dom brought up the champions league in the round of 16 with Dortmund where in the past couple of years, even if they make it past the group stage, they haven't made it past the round of 16. I think that plays a big issue in where the round of 16 is placed because the January transfer window opens. And mm. I think that's where a lot of players get, start to get sold because there's a lot of players in form, especially with Dortmund. And then it becomes an issue with, that's why they don't make it that far. And then even then, once you sell those players to make money to start recouping for next season, because Bayern's usually run away with the league. It, it's just the same process over and over and over again. And then they start getting informed players. They want to sell them at peak price. So they start selling them off. But beyond that, and I'm really not trying to call the Bundesliga a farmer's league because I don't want to, I genuinely don't right, want to call any, any league a farmer's league. But because I genuinely believe most players in that are playing in a top five league, statistically a top five league, even any player that's playing professional football is a good player. I mean, whether they end up mm-hmm. in the prem or not, I mean, they're a good football player. Um, but <clears throat> when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, year after year after year, where you just keep selling the same players and Bayern literally, when you go back to the Bayern league conversation, it feels like they don't even like, they don't even have to try in the league at this point because they're not the ones selling their players. They're just well, they're just out there playing the game because they they're buying the players. They're just they're not selling anybody. And then when it comes to the Champions League, that's literally the only thing that they have to focus on because they're like, well, Dortmund just sold us their best player, and in January we're already in talks for buying the next best player. Same with Leipzig. So their main priority to me always year after year after year is only winning the champions league. And I'm going to say Mm -hmm. something a little spicy here because that's the only way that they can win recognition amongst the best teams in the world, or even fans is if they win the champions league, because most play, most casual fans of football, even a lot of super indulgent fans of football are going to say that the Bundesliga is a final league because of what we've talked about. And I, I hate it makes me want to vomit, but I will take a moment to defend Bayern here. I think it's very well documented how they buy some of the best players in the Bundesliga. Obviously, Lewandowski is the absolute standout. They had Hummus for several years. They just bought Sabitzer, Upamecano. But also, their own development is nothing to sneeze at. Musiala, if he he were playing in the Prem, look, this might just be because I I don't rate Phil Foden very highly. No (laughs) No offense, really? but he's, he's better than Phil Foden. Um, but anyways, and, and then you look at Davies. It's not like Davies was high on anyone's list when they got him. They have great scouting. Today in the Champions League, 
they they subbed on a 23 year old called Omar Richards. I'd never heard of him. He was playing the championship, but you know, Byron bought him. Byron believed in him. So as much as I agree, a lot of the times they just buy prospects that are already guaranteed to be good, but they do also have development. But you are right that the only time they get international recognition is when they do well in the Champions League. Like when they that eight two against Barca probably got the most publicity to them as a lot. And that's where a lot of players made their name. That's where a lot of players Mm-hmm. like got their recognition and now they're household names because of that game. So that's a very good point, Chase. Let, let me say one more thing before you talk on this, Dom. Um, I don't know if it's because of branding or marketing or whatever brilliant scheme the Premier League has, but anybody that is challenging in the top three of the Premier League is immediately known across the world. And anybody that's challenging in the top three of the Bundesliga or even League One, it's only the, the 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 champion that even gets a, just a slight mention, and even then, nobody nobody bats an eye. And I mean, arguably, Premier League is probably the most watched league in the world, which is probably why it has that kind of recognition. But I just I really want to see. Personally, I don't super care for French football. I, I think it's a little. Mm. I don't know. I I don't really know how to put it. I don't. I don't I, I don't super enjoy the style of football that they play. I like the La Liga style of football. I like the Prem style of football. And I love the Bundesliga style of football. And I want to see more recognition in the Bundesliga. And I want them to stop selling their best players <laughs> to the Premier League. Because I want to I want to see I want to see more recognition in that league. And I want to see, even if it's Bayern every year and they every team keeps their players, I want to see more recognition given to that league because of how many players are coming out of it right now. I would love for them to stay there and make that a better league. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that I would you know, kind of add is, I, I guess, just a, a question. You know, we, we see, you know, the last couple of years, well, not last couple, all the years of selling their top players, especially Dortmund and um, and Red Bull and, you know, pretty much every other team in the Bundesliga, all they're selling gives the impression that they're, that they're going to be building for something, that they're going to reinvest this money into bringing in better players and developing players. Well, what, what are they building for? Like they're, they're just selling, in my opinion, they're selling just to sell and make a profit. They're not, they don't care about developing the next world-class player or developing a squad that's going to compete in the champions league. They just, they just want to make money and they don't really care about competitiveness anymore. And I think that's bad for football. I agree with that. And in my most optimistic moments, when I just hope for the absolute best, I hope that what they're building for is the youth structure. And the, the reason why I can be hopeful for that is because even when the Bundesliga was not as its best, Germany was challenging for every international title and even won the World Cup against some uh-huh. farmer South American nation. I don't remember who they beat, but they weren't very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... And I think a more recent example is Italy. Italy won the Euros. Who respects the Serie A these days? Not a lot of people. I didn't and yet, even mention yeah. the Serie A when I was talking about <laughs> Exactly. A team of mostly Serie A players, which I will not be offended if people consider that a farmer's league at this point. It beat a team of mostly Prem players. So what, I'm, what I pray for and what I hope for is that 
these teams that are selling a lot of their veterans, what they're building towards is the structure that exists within their country. Because, I mean, anyone that ever goes to Germany or Italy, it's you talk to any anyone, it's very evident that the love for the game is there. So my hope is that that's what they're building towards. The fact that their youth academies will always develop top-tier talent because it's not about the individuals. It's not about the teams. It's about the fact that these countries have embraced the sport to such an extent where there's always going to be the next generation stepping up. And I think when we look at it from an international standpoint, from an international trophy standpoint, that has been the case. And you can say the premise had the best teams because they've had the most money, but what good has that done them from a youth development standpoint, from an international trophy standpoint? Not much. And so that is where I'll say Italy, Germany, and these countries where we say their leagues are washed, it does not mean their internationals are washed. It does not mean their youth development is washed. And it certainly does not mean that their players are washed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. But I mean, I could go on and on. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, that pretty much wraps up um, everything that uh, I have planned for this episode. So as, as always, Chase, I want to thank you for coming on. And Zach, thank you for coming on. You're welcome to come on any time that you want. If you want to be a, a, a regular appearance on the show, that's totally fine with me. Yay. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we are Deep Dive Sports, and have a good night, guys. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on Twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time